This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-tile bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandominion. And this is Advantage. You stand on the quarterdeck of the Arzire with Captain Sealeg Jimbringer. The cutter-rigged sloop is pointed toward the armada of the Kolgafarian longships boarding the warforge of her dearth, that mechanical scourge. You know their plan, to cross the darkest deep to Kolgafir and join the orc armies and press troops into their invasion of the Pandominion. But you have your own plan. You'll sink that armada. The Arzire's figurehead a ram skull splashes hard against the waves toward that fleet. Over 100 warships, at least 5,000 warforged, all of them bound for a watery grave. You've come up with a damned good plan if I do say so myself. I like the boldness, the panache. You got style, you four. I like the word panache there. Thank you. Yeah, don't know if anyone's ever told me I have that before. I think, I mean, our plan is largely we have dragons, but thank you. <laughs> hey, it's a good plan. It's a good plan. The good captain here, he knows his stuff. If he says it's a good plan, it's a good plan. All right, nice and steady now, Anchor. At the wheel is a large gray-skinned orc with billowing linen. Before setting off from the stack hideout, you saw him haul in the anchor chain without the aid of a single soul or capstan. The captain pats his back and gives direction to point the ship a few degrees starboard. The orc nods, eyebrows scowling. I'm itching to do battle against the head taker's drakars. Give me a history check, please. That's a 10. 15. 17. Also 17. Arik, you haven't heard that for a long time, but you recognize the term. It means dragon ship. Kolgafarian warships in general, but in this case, the Navy itself. Alaris and Grimton and Morlinde, you recognize its similarities to Dragon. Uh, of course, like that, that it's it's enough of a homonym where you, you understand, but Alaris and Grimton, I'm sure that you, you understand more deeply why it makes sense. It's a word ancient enough to be understood by every being across a cusp, even those that do not speak common. Because dragons were the first creatures on the cusp created by the gods, and thus their name and its derivatives are universally understood. Give me an insight check, please. Everyone? Yep. Uh, nine. 10. Also 10. 11. Leader of the pack! Bummer. Hey, I got 11. Yeah, you did. But it was still an 11, wasn't it, Steven? It was the best score. <laughs> okay, well, Ulrichs would have 
a lower DC. It makes sense. So I'm, I'll give it to you. When, when Anchor said, I mentioned to do battle against the Head Taker's Drakars, you can intuit that Head Taker is the name of the commander of the ship movement. Hmm. Wait. I, I've read, Steven the player has read some things about Head Taker. Gleb Head Taker, if I remember correctly. Yes. Okay. So, like, he out there? Like. I'm sure that. Everybody here has encountered the name Headtaker before. That sounds really familiar. Nav! The captain turns to the human at the stern, already lifting his staff in the air, which is riddled with talismans of shells and sea life. You feel the wind pick up behind you and shift slightly. I see you're already on it. Riggan, raise the topsail and let's run downwind or over port. The elf high in the shrouds looses the duck cloth, which catches a breeze. They call something down to the other crew at the ready who begin to haul lines. The mainsail boom swings wide to the left over the ocean. Now with the wind whipping at your coats, this would be a great opportunity for a final character description. Nobody wants to go first. Yes, he's doing a little dance. Now I was gonna say we could roll for it. Uh, oh, but oh, that's fun. Sure, yeah, I like that. So wait, yeah, like great. roll a d twenty. Does does top roll go first or bottom roll? Uh, it's not a punishment to yeah. do, do something before everybody else. So top roll, top roll goes. Oh, top first. roll it is. So we're just gonna roll a d twenty and whoever's going yep. get the highest goes. Yeah, it goes yep. first. Sounds good. Seven. Twelve. Fourteen. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> Let's get those ones out now. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm glad you blew the crit on, on this <laughs> crit fail. He was described with having like a full wizardy outfit, you know, like the stereotypical robes and like hat and stuff. And I don't think I've ever really changed clothes, so I assume that those robes are like very, very, very tattered at this point. It's time for uh, some new clothes probably at some point in the near future. <laughs> Sounds like that's a, a very first mission for Arc 3. <laughs> <laughs> I also imagine that the hat has been long gone Aww. through flying through the air several times. That probably <laughs> just doesn't exist anymore. At the beginning of the journey, Alaris already had really long hair and a full beard. So I assume that that is just completely unkempt at this point. Hilarious. Like a messy Jason Momoa. <laughs> Probably a little uh, little buffer than at the beginning of the season. Just like more, I guess, like lean muscle. Yeah. Through like sword fighting a lot more and, and stuff. Are you are you graying at all? How, how old is Alaris? Uh, I was trying to remember. I think I said Alaris was like 60. When we started, oh six. Oh uh, well, for half for a half elf, yeah. Well established into adulthood. Before this adventure, Alaris had basically been at the Azure Keep and at the Wizard, like the Weaver's School, the entire time. Like this is a lot of hard living, real fast. <laughs> Grimton, I imagine, is uh, close to the what's the edge of the ship called? The bow. Uh, just kind of looking over the edge, uh, stealing himself for what he knows is to come. He has seen a lot, I guess, in his life that he wouldn't really wish upon anyone. He had to flee his country, 
served in the military. He's seen battle and he's seen death, but at least before fleeing Hadirth, he felt like his purpose was pretty, pretty well defined. He was doing it for his country and for his family, for his friends. And then after that, he had to make his own way and uh, kind of figure things out for himself, what's right and what's wrong. So that weighs a lot more heavily on him now, even as someone well advanced into their life. Uh, very gray beard at this point and a ponytail. If you could see it, uh, especially along his shield arm, very scarred, the remnants of his last great battle, streaks of lightning you could still see dancing on his skin. He just kind of looks over the edge of the ship, wondering if it's going to be worth it. Wondering if he's actually doing the right thing. If it's going to make a difference. Ulrich's appearance could best be described as weathered. Uh, their clothes haven't been cared for in a while, and the discoloration of the experiences show uh, on their clothes. Uh, their dragon scale armor has dents and scuffs and a few missing scales. It's, it's clearly well used. Um, a wicked looking cursed blade hangs on their back, uh, poking out just above their shoulder, shining with malevolence. Uh, and their bow and quiver hang on their lower back. Their face is weathered uh, beyond what their age would seem to indicate, and the pretty gnarly scar on their face doesn't help much. It, it definitely adds age to their uh, to their face. Um, amidst it all, however, the most striking feature is their eyes. Uh, once bright and open, but with a depth that haunts you the longer you look at them. Their eyes show that depth in as a reflection of like deep sorrow and constant struggle in a short, short period of time. One could sum up their whole appearance at the moment just by describing them as weary. Uh, when you talk to them, you know, their face will light up and they'll show all of their normal emotions, but there's always this like sadness in there uh, that just doesn't really go away and it is like a little bit unsettling. They aren't quite as bouncy as they maybe would have been once. They're a lot more a lot more reserved and calm isn't quite the right word because that makes it sound like peaceful. Um, just just they hang back a little more than perhaps they would have. Morlandy appears tired by Elven standards. The long days and nights and the inner planar travel show up as dark circles under her eyes that are almost imperceptible, but they are there. Her hair has been braided in the same utilitarian knot for weeks, and her cloak, once dark and new-looking, is faded and fraying on the edges, having done its job of protecting her from the elements, but it's, it's suffered a little bit because of that. She's tired and ready to finally end things so she can return to the Watch Forest and stop worrying about the affairs of those outside the forest and finally do her job and take care of her people. Some of the fatigue that is visible is not just physical fatigue, but also mentally and emotionally because she's grappling with mistakes that she has made and what their consequences could be. And if that's still happening, if those consequences are ongoing. So she's tired. Morlande is really, really tired. Wonderfully appropriate finale descriptions. 
and that like I can't think of it. anything that I would w want to add or feels necessary to add to any of that. Y'all have been through a lot. Also, I have a prosthetic leg. <laughs> yeah, last minute critical. In case the audience forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nav, when we're close, I'll call for a light wind. When I give the go-ahead to give it to us close hauled, Nav nods but keeps his eyes upward watching the sails. The captain turns to you. Those longships are square-rigged, which will have the advantage over our lateen sails if the wind favors them. But here's the thing. We control the wind. The captain winks. And while we can easily outrun them against the wind, we've always got to be gettable. Always teasing them, but never letting them get the upper hand. Hitting enemies and baiting them to chase us is a game I love. Well, that's good. Now, do you see your cloud following us? I've lost track of it. D do we? Yeah. Yeah, it's right there. Trust me. <laughs> It's that one. It's definitely within the appropriate range that it needs to be. Uh, give me some nature checks, please. Oh my god. Be a crit fail. Alric pointing in the opposite direction. <laughs> Eleven. Thank the spirits and training nature. Uh, fifteen. Alric is also trained in nature, if I recall. But so doesn't matter with a crit fail. Doesn't matter. Seven. Moreland a you know the trick to finding your cloud amongst a sky of clouds. It moves with you. Uh, it is it is swift and is traveling in your direction. And so you're able to successfully spot and identify which one is secretly the masked tyrant's bane and that next be up there. Morlinde, give me perception check as well. Uh, nine. I'm going to give it to you because you're looking in the right direction. <laughs> well, I'll give, it, give, give you half of it. Okay. You spot... An albatross flying with the cloud. Uh, you should see two. You only see one. Do you remember who this is? Is that the dragon people? Strombagratum, ancient bronze dragon who aided Emperor Held I to unify the kingdoms of the Sun Plains centuries ago. But when you last saw uh, in, on recording, you met Strombagratum disguised as Mayril Wiki, the uh, the lighthouse keeper. Yes. Yeah, and Zach was the only one who had any idea what was going on, if I remember right. <laughs> yes, we he. just thought they were weird old I was, no, it was Zach. I was, I was, well, I meant maybe Zach, both of them. Zach was onto it, like, all the way through. I was thrown off by something at the beginning. Because I know, like, yeah, dragons can polymorph. But then something he, happened. He fell. He fell off the roof. He f yeah. Yeah. And, and then I, nah, I was fully. Hands. Yeah. I was fully sucked in the whole time. Like the whole time, I was like this poor old man. <laughs> <laughs> I I do my job well. <laughs> a tiefling with a journal approaches the captain and mumbles something. She points out what looks to be a series of bullet points. There's nodding from both of them. She closes a book and puts it under her arm and then as she stands on the rail in front of the ship's wheel, she grasps onto a line for support. Listen up, scallywags! As we approach our prey, forget not these orders of events. One, by the time we get there, the last of the Warforged should be on their ships waiting for the Admiral's command from the flagship. As we approach the fleet, Sharp will fly the Rouge on command. I know it's weird, but we're trying to bait them into following us. Two, Cannon will prepare a shot of some sort. We need to anger and distress them enough to be a concern, since we're not their main mission. 
Cannon, get these four and see what you can come up with. Three, all hands will be at the ready on the lines while Nav, Anchor, and the Captain work together through the stacks. We've got to lead a chase long enough for their whole flota to get out of the shattered coast and into open ocean. We must prolong the chase until we're clear of the rocks and the seafloor gives way to the plain below. The darkest deep goes straight down to the realm of elemental water and that's where we want to send them. If we sink their ships too soon, then there's a chance they'll be able to walk their way across the seafloor and back to Altair. And while I don't know anything about Warforged mechanics, we can't let that possibility even be considered. Four. Our newest crewmates will then signal their allies when it's time to unleash all nine hells upon the Scourge. Any questions? Nope. Nope. None. Nope. There's a round of nopes amongst the whole crew. I really liked the release all nine hells. That's just fun. Use that in your own life, Steven. <laughs> I will. Out of character. Yeah. Release all nine hells. <laughs> release all nine hells in your own life. Following the orders of the quartermaster, you approach Cannon, the halfling who you've yet to see unarmored. There would be no hope of recovering them if they were to fall in water. Not in that full breastplate and greaves, their voice you notice is always muffled and strained behind the visor of their full helm. Let me show you the ship's armament. There are many. Cannon clinks her way across the deck up the uh, foxhole, instructing you to follow. On the top of the foredeck is a ballista with, that looks to be on a track for like a 360 circular range. This baby's rated for almost a mile. Cool. Though at that range, you can imagine that it's a difficulty to aim. Uh, I reckon you'll want to use this at the start of the fight, but I'm open to suggestions. It doesn't have to be anything fancy added to the bolts. Uh, but if you have something you could add to it, you, might, you could make it happen. We only have three bolts, but we might be able to like use some harpoons or whatever in a crutch, you know? Hmm. Three bolts, you say? Yep. Only two. I mean, don't think that that's the only thing I got going on here. You may have also seen these swivel mounts on the ship. There are six total. Uh, inside this crate are armaments for them. Go ahead and uh, open them up. We open them up. Good bully. <laughs> Inside are 10 eyeballs with 10,000 yard stares. What? Lifeless and blank. Inside oh. are 10 eyeballs with 10,000 yard stares. Yeah, yeah. Lifeless and blank. What? Do, Sarah, what? I just, what don't you, I didn't what don't expect there this? to be eyeballs. They're, they're attached to 10 tentacled stalks or petrified into stone lengths about two feet apiece. Grimton and Alaris know what these are from experience in mines and schools, uh, but Auric and Morlinde, why do you know these as beholder eye stalks? They took beholder tentacles and dried them? Yep, that's right. Uh, it's a good idea. I don't like it, but okay. Yeah, the beholder eye stalks. Auric has definitely had to, in their time in the forest, stop various kinds of what are you, smugglers, and has seen all kinds of stuff. And among them were dried uh, beholder eye stalks. Ulrich never really knew if they were illegal, but they were always something that that they thought was kind of weird. And so they never, they never forgot. Certainly worth noting, if nothing else. Uh, Morlinde, why do you know these as beholder eye stalks? Well, I know what a beholder looks like from like illustrations in books. I don't know why. I just know that it is 
the dried beholder arm thing. That's it! But why? <laughs> well, these are love. They have a limited range of only 120 feet. Uh, normally, I keep charm and slow in here and then I map the others to the swivels. Now, hopefully, the enemy won't come near enough to use them, but they're good to keep away borders. Plus, these swivels are quick release. You just pull this knob here and then you can hit fire them. You have a better idea of the things that we're gonna about go up against. So it's up to you what armaments we have on the six swivels and at what position. Oh, so you're saying that the, all the eye stocks have like a spell associated with them? We gotta like preload. Oh yeah! Have you never run into one of these? Check this out! And he pulls up uh, the, the monster manual and <laughs> he opens it to the beholder page. <laughs> uh, and go ahead and fifth edition beholder <laughs> and uh that'll be your list we'll we'll all go through together and decide what you want to add just like go look at it in the monster manual Ew. it says excretion nice that's her favorite word beholders do oh, not just... sweat or urinate so they do defecate charm ray paralyzing ray fear ray slowing ray telekinetic ray Sleep ray, petrification ray, disintegration ray, death ray. Oh, gosh, bro! That's my favorite one. Yeah, death ray seems pretty good. That's probably one we want. Sue us, JK Rowling. Alarms, you're right. Charm ray, paralyzed. Uh, fear, slowing, innervation, which is like a, which is, uh, like a necrosis thing. Uh, telekinetic, sleep ray, petrification, disintegration, and death ray. And we got six swivels. We have a port chase, a starboard chase, a port broadside, and a starboard port, or a starboard broadside, and then a port aft and a starboard aft swivels. Yeah. But those only work within 120 feet, right? Yeah, but you can take them off. You, you take them off and you hit fire them, like a, like a little cannon. Yeah, so we'll put six around the ship, and then we have four extra ones to, like, use. You can take the ones off of the ship, too. I, and and uh, once again, he uh, takes... Well, let's say he takes a sleep ray and then sets it on the swivel. He spins it around a few times, just like batting it back and forth like a cat. And then you reach out of here and you press this little, uh, you uh, pull this little knob thing and it comes off. And then uh, he, he takes it off and like hit fires it as a gun and a, a blast just <laughs> off the front of the ship. Hmm. Very cool. This is our secret to success. It's a good secret. Yeah. It's a great, great secret. It's kind of gross, but. All right, so which six are you using? Death ray, for sure. What about the disintegration ray? Seems like a shoe-in. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think we don't want fear or slowing because we don't want them to slow down. They're chasing us. No, this is for if they're trying to board us. It does not work on ships. We've tried. Death, disintegration, um, petrification, sleep, um, telekinesis, and... I'd say paralyzing. Sure, paralyzing. Paralyzing's classic. Can't go wrong. You take these and you put them where you want. Uh, two chase cannons, or two chase mounts at the bow of the ship, two aft mounts at the stern, and two broadsides on either side of the boat. Well, let's have the scariest ones in the what in what will be near in the back and what will be nearest to the other ships. I've got to assume by scary you mean death and disintegration. Correct. 
Yeah, th those would be things I genuinely find a little horrifying, so. But at the same time, if the whole point is the, to stop them when they're boarding us, they're not going to be boarding us from the, back. The, the rear of the ship. They're going to be boarding us from the side of the ship. So wouldn't it make sense to put death and disintegration on the side of the ship? And put, like, fear or whatever on the back of the ship to just make them, like, too scared to come closer? Are, are like paralyzing them or whatever to stop them from coming as close to us so we can continue to keep away and then like the death and disintegrations like if they happen to catch up to us then we start blasting so anyway I started blasting, blasting. yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> also does a death ray even work against a warforged you're the expert at this if they have less than a hundred health right what is health for a robot let's just try to not need them <laughs> let's just not put them up. Yeah, let's just get, let's get rid of them. You want to put these back in the box? I'm not doing that. Whoa, 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 no. whoa! No, I didn't say that. I just said let's just try to avoid needing them in general. But otherwise, we'll disintegrate the crap out of them. We'll we'll put death and disintegration on the sides. We'll put petrification and sleep on the front. Telekinetic and paralyzing on the back. Sounds good. That's a good plan. Sounds good. So, all right. Thank you. That's all I needed. All right. Thank you also. <laughs> Two. You guys know what the heck that person was saying? Uh, well, I do what I said. <laughs> what? What do you mean what I said? What are you saying? What do you mean what I said? Oh, you're going to have to come back. What? I never told you how to pull open the ballista. Okay. How do we do that? Okay. You don't understand me, you bitch. <laughs> well, I heard how to da 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 ballista. So. <laughs> um, Cannon takes the huge ballista bolts, sets it down. They pull it back and they like winch it down. They explain all the all the stuff and they wear the trigger and all that. And you don't have anything special you could add out of here, right? You just want to do it dry? Should should we have something special we could add? I mean, I don't know if I have any cool spells I can put on that. I don't know what's in your bags. You look like y'all got bags of holding those. You don't I don't know what's dazzle. in the bag either. I don't know what's in my bag. <laughs> y'all gotta do some spring cleaning. Yeah, that should be your next arc. Get new clothes for for this fella, and uh, everybody go through your bags of holding and just empty out all the lint. I'm sure there's a lot of dust buddies in there. You can tell that you are within range now. There's a drum cadence that rips like thunder across the ocean. A signal from their largest black drakkar to the rest of their fleet. A yellow flag is raised from all the ships. 100 yellow pennants flying. A yellow flare arcs like a javelin across from the deck of the closest ship, landing in the water across your bow. Uh, everybody give me insight checks, please. Insight! Damn. Insight is without a doubt my favorite skill in Dungeons & Dragons. 13. Yeah, and I will never train in it. Ever, ever, ever. Three. Eight. Unnatural 20. Nice. We love a dirty um, 20. Moreland Day, this makes sense because you know this from 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 nature yellow is a, a danger color like a bee or, or a, a yellow jacket a, wa a wasp yeah you know, things a that are poisonous frogs 
or a poison frog. Yeah, things that are yellow are they do not are, want to be are, touched. Are dangerous. Don't mess with them. This was the shot across the bow with the yellow flare and the flags. Those are warning shots. Um, everybody, give me survival check, please. God. This one you should be good at, Steven. I'm good at it, <laughs> but my base roll sucks. Uh, three. Uh, we're going to be sitting at 11, Joe. Oh, uh, 15. Morlinda, despite not having any naval or maritime knowledge at all, <laughs> you can tell from their pennant flags that they have their wind against them. They're blowing from their mast to the stern behind the ship, blowing north to south. So their sails will not aid. Oh, so they're having to go against yes. the wind? You also intuitively know that the wind will easily push a projectile off course at this range. You're within range of something on that ship, you also know, because the javelin that they fired shot past your bow, meaning that it could have hit you if it aimed true. Interesting. Everybody give me perception checks. Another skill I refuse to train in ever. A five. Twelve. I spot, I spot a uh, spyglass. You just, spy you know, a spyglass? What'd you say um, you spy? Ah, dang it, Sarah. <laughs> 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 you got beat to the punch. Did, you sure did indeed. Add a plus five to your roll, my friend, for having a, a tool that you are trained in. Um, there, I would like to imagine there's definitely a moment where we all like look at it and I just happen to be the first one that snatches yeah, it. Yeah. You all uh, reach. <laughs> <laughs> I got them fast little hands. Uh, so that's going to give me a uh, 16, no, 17. Uh, Auric, you see a ballista on deck of the smaller ship closest to you. There's a crew of at least 50 total, mixed with warforged and powerful looking fleshy humanoids, <laughs> the orcs. The fleet's flagship, Drakkar, has no name visible, but it flies, you see from your spyglass, it flies a dark, rich purple pennant embroidered with a white skeleton without its skull. Um, give me a history check, Ulrich. Uh, 19. I thought I rolled a 7, and I rolled a 17. Whoa. That's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Anchor mentioned something about a person called Headtaker. From the quarterdeck, the captain shouts to Cannon to aim the shot. That's you. Who's taking the shot? I would recommend somebody with high dexterity, but that's not necessarily required. Oh. Uh, Anybody who's good at ranged and shooting stuff in general. Alright, alright, you twisted my arm. <laughs> so I come over there uh, and pretend I know what I'm doing. Are you just so here? It's just kind of like a regular bow. Just really big. Yeah, just really big and also sideways. You ever shot a crossbow? It's like that, except like six foot across. Alright. Yeah, we're about a mile off, but we could hit her if we aim true. Or we can wait. I could request to belay the shot until we're half mile from him. It's windy. So you gotta, I don't know how, but obviously the wind is going to affect it. So we should be shooting with the wind, oh, right? They will be sailing into the wind. Uh, which means the wind is at our backs, correct? No, so. Oh, we're like going at like an angle. If, if they're vertical, you're 
50, 45, 60 degrees off of them. Okay. Uh, coming up. I will... I'm going to just go for it. <laughs> Three ballistas. Uh, if we miss with one, we can just shoot the other ones. It's fine. Um, so I'm just going to be adding, like, decks to this? Like, Yep, you are untrained in ballista, in siege weaponry. Damn, if only. What? What is your dex mod? Currently plus four. Um, so I get set like I'm gonna like I'm gonna do it, you uh-huh. know, and I start to aim and there's the cinematic moment, the screen really narrows in, yeah, my breathing right down. Alright, my breathing stills, and then I'm just like Nah, I can't do it. This isn't the shot. I need to wait. <laughs> we gotta wait. I'm sorry, it's it's too far away. I I'm gonna miss. I, there's just no way. Trust me on this one, guys. It'll be worth it if we if we wait a little. Captain! Requesting to below for how long do you want? Or how long do you want? Or Until we see the whites of their... Absolutely not. <laughs> Point blank! No. Uh, J- Jimbringer, like, waiting mm-hmm. up at bated breath, like, what's, what's the hold up here? <laughs> can, can we wait for... For a half mile it is! <laughs> All right. Um, you, c- Cannon next to you in the armor, like, shrugs. Jimbringer rolls his eyes, nods and then gives you a powerful look, Auric. Give me an insight check. Getting all the rolls today. Well, I'm glad we didn't take the shot. Where we got insight? Nine. Everybody else understands this shot to be, if we're boarded, because we have waited this long. <laughs> it's your fault in particular. But Auric doesn't understand that. So, time passes, Auric. The wind whips, the the sea spray splashes on deck, and your ballista bolt is still loaded in your siege weapon. Hey, Ulrich, I don't want to be dramatic or anything, but every moment we wait is a moment uh, they could board us, you know? Sure, sure, but I'm just telling you I would guarantee to have missed that shot. I'm not sure if we're trying to hit them, but... Another warning shot lands off the bow, splashes into the water. We achieved a half mile. Yes. All right, so I go back up to the ballista. Come on, Ulrich. I can practically smell them from here. And the camera zooms in again, and I focus. I focus. Another, a third shot goes off the bow. Net 20, baby! Yes! Bull. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that probably clicked in Listen, listen. <laughs> no, because I, the roll I did before this one was an eight. I would have missed the first shot. Paint me the word picture of this ballista shot and which three people it skewers on deck. Like specific ones? Those who are looking with uh, the spyglass see these individuals. You know, after the camera zooms in, right, and then there's the sound of release, it's an immediate cutscene to on the other boat, right? And there's, like, people milling around. Um, the drums are going. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a couple of Warforged who are, like, doing stuff, and then, like, one totally normal guy. There's just, like scurrying about doing their their things and this guy this guy who's about to definitely get scared is nowhere near as important as he believes 
that he is like he thinks he's a lot cooler than he is uh so he's like striding around the deck like yelling at the warforged but like has no like rank to back that up um and then there's this moment where he like somebody starts yelling and he turns and looks uh but there's a big warforged in the way and he can't see and he's like get out of my way you big and then right before he's about to say a bunch of obscenities uh that's when the bolt the big ballista bolt crashes through the warforged in front of him skewers him directly through and uh sandwiches him between yet another warforged um unfortunately for him the two warforged do not die immediately they're hit in like less critical spots so they're like moving around frantically even though he's been pierced straight through the chest uh and and the uh, like something i could only describe as like comical gore transpires <laughs> from there. I'll leave it at, at that. Uh. <laughs> the Drakars have already raised their red flags in pursuit and a thunderous eruption of drum beats echo across the water. Oars drop into the waves and begin their chase. Very good. Anchor! Head north, and we'll keep clear of the stacks as you do. Nav, give us the northeasterly wind. We can easily outrun them in that wind, but we'll make them fight to keep up with in their longships. So the sailors quickly run to their quarters, and Nav raises uh, his staff and directs the wind. It is now coming at you nearly head-on, but off starboard. He chants something in Draconic. Dronior nomio trik trasulit lorokalit varsaril. And as raising his arms high, give me Arcana checks, please. 16. It's my best roll of the night so far. 26. 13. 18. Alaris, the language of dragons you know from school is the most ancient and most arcane language. The words were along the lines of something, something, wind, wilder, stronger, powerful. And it's not a spell you know, but it seems to be coming from somewhere deep within him. It was a command, not an incantation. Anchor calls to the crew to trim the headsails a few inches off the tip of the spreader, almost right up against the mast. The vessel heels to port as the boom of the mainsail is brought from a wide reach to the center of the Arzire. The slant of the deck makes it difficult to walk. Then, all commotion goes silent. Every eye watches Anchor, who is carefully himself eyeing the sails and giving the smallest micro-corrections to the helm. Give me uh, survival rolls, please. At least I'm good at this skill. Uh, 13. 15. 14. 12. Morlinde and Ulrich, you spot a dozen tiny streamers fluttering off one of the headsails, which you've heard called uh, the jib. You feel anchor gently play at the helm every time those streamers aren't pulled straight back by the wind. Everybody give me perception checks, please. 13. Not one. Natural 20. 19. Um, we're going to go in descending order. Morlinde, of the four relative directions, ahead, starboard, port, and astern, which do you look? Uh, I look starboard. 
You look starboard and you see an opening between the stacks, large enough to go through easily. Moylande, give me a survival check, please. 12. Achieving that heading will require tacking through the wind, a maneuver where the bow must travel through irons and sails must be repositioned on the new leeward side of the craft. In this case, from a hard lean to the port side to a hard lean to starboard. It's doable. Alaris, which of the remaining three directions do you choose? Straight ahead. You look ahead of you and you spy a sea stack dead ahead. You know that the boat will need to change course or risk a collision. And you might need to let somebody know. Arik, are you looking port or are you looking astern? Port. And you see a large and hazardous cluster of stacks, the white mist of crashing waves upon them. A masterful crew might be able to navigate through them successfully. Mm. Grimton, you're an idiot. (laughs) You see nothing. Which direction are you looking that's not astern? That's not astern? Yeah, what are you looking at on board your own ship? Oh. (laughs) Um, I'm still paying attention to Anchor. He's a fascinating character, isn't he? Just looking at a... You know, someone doing something that is they're very good at, it's always captivating, so. It really is. Watching it a really master is. at work. I was going to say, even if they're not good at it, somebody who is definitely in, like, engrossed in their work. In a zone. Yeah, like. <laughs> what are you doing? You're a mess, but you're you're involved. Really involved. You're engrossed. <laughs> is, that, is that a hint of lust, perhaps, <laughs> uh, in Grimton's eyes? Suddenly, somebody calls out, Enemies! You see two angelic beings flying fast toward the ship, certainly less than a hundred feet off the stern. They are orcish in figure with raven wings pulling them forward. Each of them holds a lance and a bow. You think of your own allies in the sky, Nexby's Tyrant's Bane and the pair of ancient bronze dragons currently disguised as albatross. Give me insight checks, the lot of you. Yes. 14. Three. Jesus. Eight. 11. Auric, you could have Alaris shoot off the flare and bring in those two bronze dragons, but exposing them in the sky hmm. might also scare off the same ships that you're trying to bait into the ocean. We've got a hold, we can't do it yet! Also watch out for that sea stack. Could we navigate through one of the sea stacks over here and like maybe throw some of those flying guys off? A, a skillful team could. No, look at this one over there. Yeah, you're both pointing in two very different directions. Yeah, look over here, starboard side. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a much bigger opening, says somebody on board. <laughs> that one doesn't look as hard. Yeah, we should probably go with that one. <laughs> there are enemies approaching from port side, correct? From stern and are going to go either direction around the ship. Uh, it looks as you watch from the quarter deck, Grimton. One is going starboard and the other port. Man the, what are these called? Cannons. You you see, you say pointing <laughs> at them? <laughs> what are these called? Man the ballistas? Well, the Man the eye, eye sockets. sockets. One of these angelic figures has a crown of like razored gold barbs 
and the other one has a helm of steel. We'll say that hel- helm of steel is on starboard, crown of gold is on port. Hmm, okay. Roll initiative! <laughs> So the crew, um, being a crew of like a dozen, is going to get two actions during this. Um, it'll be half crew, first half, Grimton, then Crown. Second half crew, Auric, Alaris, and then Helm will finish it up. The crew in their first half is going to all scramble to battle stations. There are not very many ranged weapons aboard this ship. However, they do muster up a handful of bows. One of them is going to grab the petrification ray, methinks, and one of them is going to grab a sleep ray because there are people hanging out on uh, at the front of uh, on, on the bow. And Grimden, your turn. So they're still next to the ships, right? They haven't boarded yet. Correct. And there are only two of them for this. I guess I'll go to Starbird and try to hit one of them with a disintegration raid. You run up to the swivel and you pull the knob and grab onto... The way that it feels in your hand reminds you of training in uh, for the Herdorthian military. Uh, the, the few times that you have shot a crossbow have felt like this, the way that it like butts up against your shoulder and the way that you would hold it and aim it. And so you're choosing to fire the disintegration ray? Yes. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 16 dex saving throw. <laughs> rolled a 15 and it, it will definitely hit uh, the dexterity save. Someone must not have been looking behind us and missed, I don't know why, these creatures <laughs> yeah. uh, flying up on us. Suddenly appeared. Yeah, and the crew is flying around, getting into their stations. I know that this might be a good opportunity to get a, a good hit on one of them, but I'm not good with a crossbow. I, I've never claimed I was and the shot just doesn't fly true it's easily uh, avoided by uh, one of these winged orcs crown over here on port is going to take this lance in their hand and is going to point it directly at the the ship is going to blast out a I just want to cast fireball. Am I just going to do that? Hmm. Fireball's fun, <laughs> says the murderer. <laughs> uh, oh, so this fireball is going to come flying. As they do. Is that fireball being targeted within 10 feet of me? No. Okay. The ship is larger than that. Cool. <laughs> Grimton's over on starboard. Where's everybody else? I'm on port, which is why I looked that way when it was time to yeah, look. Yeah, I would say that I was on starboard because that's why I looked that way. I'm just in the main deck. By phrasing it like that, it sounds to me like you're in the middle, which could be hit on both sides, which suits me <laughs> if it suits you. That's fine. Uh, in that case, uh, everybody on the port side, uh, including Alaris, give me dexterity saving throws, please. Uh, 12. 19. Auric, you take 12 damage. Alaris <laughs> takes 12. Uh, and... The deck of the wooden Arzire ship is aflame. Lit. Ah, 
cool. It's my turn. Well, I was going to do something, but now there's literally a fire. This is fine. Tidal wave's probably a little bit overkill, wouldn't you think? <laughs> I don't really put out the fire. That that would at, put at out the fire. Point, that might be necessary, but right now... <laughs> I mean, a tidal wave on the bad guy ship doesn't seem like the worst thing to... So, I'm going to try and surround Crown of Gold um, cylinder of fire. Rad. But if I can surround this this annoying flying thing in fire even for a little bit, that's effective. Alright, did I roll well? No. Well, it is 20 feet high and it's about a foot thick and it is about the diameter of how big I see that creature to be. So I'm not trying to make it like a easy to get out of ring. Think of being trapped in a toilet paper tube. That's what I want. A toilet paper tube of fire. Good description. Ah, uh, yes. The toilet paper tube of fire. Mm-hmm. A menacing gauntlet. Classic. And then the creature within its area must make a deck saving throw. I rolled a seven plus four. Well, my spell save DC is definitely higher than whatever you said. So on a failed save, the creature is going to take 5d8 fire damage. Dang! Sarah is trying to usurp Alaris in fire murderer status. <laughs> 33 fire damage, Joe. 33 fire damage. Good hit. A crew action now. And uh, Gembringer, calm as ever in the face of danger, is standing on the quarterdeck giving orders to the crew uh, who are now half and half, some tackling a attacking maneuver to go hit that gap uh, off to the starboard and half going down to the bilge pump and coming up with buckets of water, trying their best to uh, put out the fire. That will be finished in a couple rounds, but those processes have started. Auric, it is your turn. I still got two ballista shots, right? You do. Currently, it is Cannon that is in the cockpit of the ballista. Cannon, let me buy that ballista! Alright, right, so I hop in there. And uh, I'm a fire shot number two. It was already loaded. Cannon was uh, primed and ready to go, pointing it over to uh, port side at Crown of Gold. Make your roll. I should try to damage the ship, right? Like not hit people. It is a siege weapon. Yes, it, I mean, it does damage to people, but it is made for objects. Sieges. I'm going to try, try and damage the ship this time. The ship is not there. The ship is very far away. The only oh. ship in range of the ballista is your own. No. Do not no. hurt the Arzai. I don't want to do that. Oh, I, I thought you were just saying I could shoot at them. You could shoot at the at crown of gold. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. Okay. <laughs> Nat 20! Tell me what this looks like. Again, because it's a siege weapon and this is a soft target, mm -hmm. this is going to kill him. Tell us what it looks like as uh, Crown of Gold, the orcish angel, is absolutely skewered. I'm aiming the ballista, right? And then I like use my thumb to kind of eyeball some, yeah, some, sure. some distance <laughs> you, there. Get your trigonometry going. Mm -hmm. Take this back to the gods, you bastard. And then I shoot it. <laughs> um, Wait, is this the thing that we only have three of? I don't want to mess around, right? Like, we're dealing with a deific force here. Like, Clearly. Uh, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> There's still one. Now you're dealing okay. with a deific force. Fair, fair, fair. I'll save the last ballista shot. Um, but yeah, this one just, like, takes homie square in the chest with, a, like, 
frightening force even though like i did it on purpose yeah i'm still amazed at how hard it took this thing in the chest uh and it just like immediately down into the water like or like a gentle arc but but But, like this isn't a slug that you're hitting Mm -hmm. this creature with this is this is a javelin and this is a javelin that doesn't have that's not like a boar hunting javelin that has uh like a crossbar to to, like hit hard Uh uh-huh and and to stop oh so this would probably shoot like yeah, this through goes person. through, and the, okay. the the bolt itself scatters bloodied viscera in its arc like a meteor as it eventually downs in the water, and the orcish deva itself just falls limply into the water. <laughs> and there's only one left. Mm-hmm. It's Helm of Seal who will be on the right side of the boat to starboard. Alaris, it is your turn. Firebolt. Okay, it's an eighteen to hit. The AC is 18. Fantastic. 12 damage. And in the past, I've described Firebolt as me just like shooting a little thing of fire out of like my fingertip. You seen Yu Yu Hakusho? It's very, very Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah. yeah. So it's Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> uh, That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I'd take that one on the chin. Regardless, I shoot a little bit of fire at the guy, hit him for a little bit of damage. i probably go and move more towards like the stern of the ship okay underneath cover i guess uh maybe under the stairs or something sure okay you're just trying to protect yourself yeah from any wayward fireballs it's going to be uh helm's turn who's going to be definitely dodging out of the way of crew who are uh now firing sleep and petrification rays or rather i should be like adding or rolling deck safe uh that was a 14 and a 17 total so indeed definitely dodging and is also going to try to start the ship on fire by blowing up uh the fireballs ye who are on that side in this case all grimton all grimton because <laughs> uh, this fireball is going to be erupting from their lance and the curse of your shield. Is it a curse, like, officially? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a curse. Yeah. The, the curse of the shield will draw its fireball. Even though it was fired, let's say, uh, at, at the mast itself, uh, the fireball is directed straight into you. Give me a dex save, please. Grimton. Can you, like, Zelda bounce it back? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just parry this fireball. You know what I mean? Return to sender. He's got to hit He's got to hit the right button at the right time or it doesn't work. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick time action. That's, that's good, though. That's a dirty 20 on that deck save. Nice. Woo! Yeah, boy. So he does shield bounce it back, is what I'm hearing. Hey, on your Arc 3 wish list, please put a Return to Cinder type shield or like magic item or some sort that we can enchant. The shield of missile attraction, but the bracers of magic bouncing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, half of 29 is 14. 14. Grimton, explain how you you dodge this fireball directed (laughs) at you. Having grown accustomed to this at this point, I see the... Orkashteva cast a fireball, and though it looks like the trajectory is gonna go past me, I know better by now. <laughs> mm. So it takes a sudden turn downward, and I'm able to just quickly uh, step out of the way and brace myself for the fireball bursting at my feet, basically. On a wooden ship. 
the ship will catch fire where you were standing. It'll be another crew turn as they're still working on putting out the first fire. I'm gonna say that Captain Jembringer is now redirecting the crew to focus all on the fire and to drop their, their tacking. That's fair. So it will maintain the same heading. Grimton, it is your turn. You just definitely dodged out of the way. This Orkish Deva thing is still pretty far away, right? Like 120 feet, 100 feet? Not melee range. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not melee range. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try to shoot it with this ray of disintegration again. Does it have a recharge time or like a... Nope. All right, doing it. I rolled a four on the dice, but I'm adding a plus four. And an eight does not meet. Or, yes, you roll 10d8 force damage, please. 10d8? 10d8. Sheesh. But, so, eight, five, six, seven, five, eight, five, one, and three, three. 51. It's certainly not enough to kill it. However, it does absolutely have a, a knockback effect, what with it being uh, just force, and pushes the Deva far off the ship, and it will have to fly back. All right, so I notice the crew struggling with all these fires, so I'm going to summon a small wave to gently go over the bow of the ship enough to put out the fires. Okay, Katara. Tidal wave specifically says the water then spreads out across the ground in all directions, extinguishing unprotected flames within its area and 30 feet of it. A very useful spell in this case, huh? Very useful spell for once. Imagine like doing like a force pull, a like 20 foot thing of water and then gently, like, uh, across the deck, and all the fires put out, and now everyone is wet, but nobody's hurt. You're gonna sink us! It wasn't that much. Uh, also, Suus Nickelodeon for the water. Okay, specifically, you said not water. <laughs> I also specifically called you Katara, so... The, the crew is going to return to their tacking maneuver. Up until this point, the, the jib and the... Stasel have been flapping loosely, unbelayed, their, their sheets untied. Uh, finish tying them. I'm going to run to the other side, you know, where they're struggling with their Deva. Be like, geez, what's taking you guys so long? I'm going to prep an action Ooh, okay. of shooting the beholder eyeball things at, at one. And what are the ones that I, we have on this side? Are they the death ones? Um, I'm going to go look. Yes, he grabbed disintegration. Uh, one of the other crew grabs sleep. Up on the stern is paralyzed. Ooh, I'll take that one. I'll go grab the paralyzed one. Can I scoop up the paralyzed one on my way? Sure. You can use all your movement to do that, but, you know, the ship's not super big. So, so I scoop up the paralyzed one, and I prepare the action of as soon as they get, not immediately within range, like the farthest reach of that range, but, like, a little farther in. Um, a, a safe range to, to fire up on them. Before he does anything to us, uh, I'm going to hit him with the, the paralysis. Uh, I'm going to use Mage Armor. Is that a bonus action? Or is that a full action? It's an action. Your AC goes up by 4? No, 17 plus my dex mod. Or sorry, 13 plus my dex mod, which is 17. 17, got it. So it does go up by 4. Yeah, well I mean my AC is 14 normally. So why 13? 
Because that's what the spell specifically oh. says. <laughs> okay. Helm's also gonna fly farther in in order to get in range. Just at the right moment, Auric, it is in range of your paralyzing ray. Uh, the target, are you, do you choose to go about it? Yeah. The target must secede, secede, and must leave a nation, and then <laughs> um, must succeed as well on a DC 16 con saving throw. So do I, do I need to roll still? Nope. You just oh, chose shit. to blast it. I rolled a three, which so it will be paralyzed for one minute. That's long enough to, uh, to drown. Yeah, the wings stop flapping. <laughs> the Davis splashes into the water. Uh, and is no longer a immediate threat. However, it can repeat its saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. So, there will be opportunities. It's going to be a crew maneuver. They are mid-tack. Jim Bringer is calling to the crew that everybody... Pull the sheets! Pull the sheets! Will everybody... Pull the sheets. Everybody pull the sheets. Everybody give me an athletics check. Uh, You're all going to add these together to meet a DC of 45, please. Okay. Challenge accepted! Uh, Athletics. 16. 19. 15. (laughs) 2. My athletics Uh, is a negative 1, and I rolled a 3. That's a 40. Out of a DC 45. Dang, I was like, oh, yeah, we've got it, man. Listen to these good rolls. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Sarah. So you are, <laughs> you are trying to help the, uh, the crew pull the sail across the bow from uh, port to starboard. Because you failed, you must work extra hard to bring the sail under control, which is costing you time and energy. Uh, eventually, y'all wrangle it to where it needs to be, but not without losing. Everybody roll 1d10, please. Six. Four. Six. Seven. Without losing 1d10 HP of energy. You must now all give me con saves, please. Constitution saving throws. D, uh, total DC of 60. Jesus. Uh, 18. Are they within 10 feet of me? What? If they're within 10 feet of me, they can add my charisma mod. Oh. Paladin nice. things. Paladin. Good, I'm a, I'm a need it. Oh, I mean, so what's your what's your charisma mod? Plus two. This should be, this should be a total DC of uh, 40, not of 60. Thank goodness. There's there's no mathematical way that you could do it, right? (laughs) Um, Well, there's four of us, so... So we could. Yeah, we could have done like 80, yeah. Um, But still, that would have been high. 80 would be basically impossible. 60 is doable. 60 is just difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's like an average Um, of... 14? 15? Something like that. 15. An average of 15. Yeah. Um, All right, so give give me y'all's numbers. Uh, so are we adding the charisma mod of... of yeah, so 10? you guys got you a plus two. So 20 then for me, if it's okay. plus two for from Grimton. 12. Yeah, 16. That's going to be nine? Well, that all sounds like more than 40 to me. And indeed it is. I don't, I'm not going to get the specific number because that's too much work, but it is definitely more than 40. So you it sure help is. hold the sheet lines taut for the crew uh, to cleat them to the belay pens. You don't get the consequence of failing, so great. 
uh, anchor brings the wheel to the perfect position, keeping your heading in that space between the sea stacks. Now only time keeps you from the open ocean and the darkest deep. Because you did manage to pull off the maneuver perfectly, no harm came to the ship or its crew because of the tack. However, harm did come to the ship because of the Davis. Speaking of which, you look behind you, astern, and notice that there in the distance, that the distance between you and the Drakars have grown. You're losing them, and there's a chance that your outrunning them might cause them to give up pursuit. While you're looking, flying out of the water is the remaining Deva, who is pursuing you aggressively. Huh. It is Grimton's turn. Probably doesn't need to breathe or something. Hey, we should maybe slow down, I say. No, hold on. Every six seconds, it gets the opportunity to save again, Grimton. Oh. Or Yessie. (laughs) Yeah, but so it fell in. It Uh saved at some point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You can hold (laughs) your breath for six seconds. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I say, yeah, we should maybe slow down a bit. I think we're losing them. I say taking aim uh, with whatever... Uh, disintegration still? If that's the one that's still mounted. I guess I'll have taken disintegration with me for now. Yeah. That's sure. fine. I'll try to... If it's close enough, I'll try to shoot. Not quite in range yet. Do you want to prep that action? Yeah, I'll ready it. Morlinde, do you want to ready an action? Do you, do you want to use a death ray? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I'm going to point um, a death ray at it. Auric, do you want to keep your paralysis ray? Uh, I'm going to actually holster my paralysis ray. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to prep two arrows, uh, as in, like, extra attack. So I'm prepping two attacks. Alaris? I guess I'll prep uh, another firebolt. Who wants to volunteer? what this looks like when uh, they cross the threshold and Captain Seelag Jimbringer gives the command to fire and it's absolutely eviscerating them. I, I'd like to imagine that the arrows hit first for some reason, but like not hard, yeah. you know? I mean, like they hit and they hurt, but yeah, but the Dave is like, like, I'll be a fire and then like from the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there's like a moment where people are like, oh, that wasn't so bad, actually. Yeah, it wasn't that. And then, and then kablam. I, in my mind, yeah. uh, I picture Jembringer giving the order to fire, right? Then like a cinematic pan outward and like however we're lined up, each of us is like releasing our shot as the camera like follows us backwards from Jembringer. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Jim Bringer now ad- addressing Grimton's comments on uh, on the range. At this range, uh, their boats look two miles out. Open ocean through those last sea stacks is similar. We'll clear that line in 12 minutes. I suppose we have three options. First option is to heave to and let us uh, and get us out of the wind for a second. That would let them catch up quickly and would require us to lose our heading and momentum. All that would be involved is the helmsman. I'm sure they'd be nearly on top of us by the time that we get back our speed. It would be doable to outrun them again. Our second option is that we'd reef the main. That would allow us to keep our heading and lessen our speed without coming to a stop. It would allow Nav to give us even more wind because there's less duck fabric in the wind, and so we'd be risking less of the ship. We'd beat them to the darkest deep at this distance. Our final option, is the opposite of that. 
We have Nav give us less wind, which slows us down and allows them to pursue. A well-executed maneuver would probably catch us just as we crossed the line. What do you think? The first one might be suspicious and is very dangerous. The one where we just, the second option, we just basically like are gonna keep going, but we're gonna slow up a little bit, right? So like we might get far enough ahead of them that they'll give up still with that option. Option three allows them to catch up, um, but also doesn't look as suspicious. So that, that one sounds the best to me. So the other one is you go, we're just changing direct. The third one is changing direction slightly. Three is um, just lessening the wind. So the wind speed, because Nav has control over the wind. Uh, so we're, we're- Oh, that's right. The wind isn't blowing as hard. You're not gonna go as fast. Sure. I like that but option. wouldn't that mean that they're also not going as fast? No, they're going to be going the same speed because they're working under ore power now. Okay, they're they, all ores. Because they can't use their sails because of the head. Right. Gotcha. I vote for that one. Yeah. Because that, that also gives them hope. Because if we're just going, like if we still have full sail um, and are just going slower, then they assume that we're just running into less wind. Um and that they have a better shot of catching up. <laughs> that maybe the gods have favored them. Yes. Nav, give us less wind. Sorry, I can't. I got lost in the windows. I, uh, survival? I got lost in the sauce. I really want Spirits survival. Christ to continue to be a it's thing. It's really funny. I don't know why we haven't done that yet. <laughs> Spirits. I, I rehearsed this. I rehearsed this. How to say some stuff in Draconic. Um, oh, you got this. I have, I have faith in you. Can you shut the door? Yeah, you can drive the cross switching stuff. Say hi to Aaron. Hi to Aaron. Hi to Aaron. Say hi to River. River's down here too. Hi to River. River, they all say hi. Aaron, they all say hi. Draw near. Nope. <laughs> it all just went away. It all went away in my head. Were you gonna? You were Draw, gonna say something in Draconic? Uh, yep, 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 yep. Five. I got a six. That's funny. I got All a right. seven. <laughs> All right. Yessie with the eight. Eleven. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> Carry on my wayward fireballs. Fireball. Hey, remember playing that in the marching band? Yeah.
Remember playing that in Guitar Hero? Yeah. Not as much. Or Rock Band? Hey, Sarah, what type of dice are you rolling with? Well, I don't know where my D8 is of the of the, these dice, so these are just normal dice. Well, I'm rolling with Dark Silver Forge <laughs> dice, specifically my Cthulhu Gold dice set that I use specifically for being a player on advantage. However, when I feel like DMing, I mix it up a little bit, and I use, I don't know why I'm trying to hold these up to the screen like people can see them. I use my Dark Alpha set instead. Have you seen the Blood Splatter dice or the Reaper's Bounty dice set now available? I'm gonna check Ooh, them bounty is no. new yeah i've seen the blood one darksilverforge.com you say and you can use the code advantage dnd no spaces all caps Ooh, reaper's bounty is cool dark alpha still available so you can get that one it's dope reaper's bounty uh mm-hmm. 33 fire damage joe 33 fire damage good hit the reaper's bounty is pretty cool no, yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. I do have a set of them. They appear to be on sale at this moment, so you can not only get them for a reduced rate uh, just from the website, but adding our promo code, you're getting them for a steal. Yeah, you should. You're going to go to Dark Silver Forge and steal them. To, to <laughs> <laughs> Reaper's bounty, man. I do. I'm. I'm gonna get those. You are extremely... Those are really cool. Yeah, I mean, listener, you're going to go to Dark Silver Forge and you are going to look at them. So just just do the thing. Use the code and get them cheap, bud. The 8's a little weird on the Reaper's Bounty on the D12. I don't know. It's just like like two circles. Oh, I see that. That's a little weird. That, That is weird. What? The eight's not even yeah. visible on the D12. Are you talking about oh the, the double D100 zero? And this Never is mind. a double zero on the Never D100. Mind. Not weird anymore. It's a double zero. <laughs> there it's are no third. problems with the Reaper's Bounty metal dice set available at DarkSilverForge.com. <laughs> no issues at all. Just an inability to read. That would mean if I get the Reaper's Bounty, both of the sets I will have gotten from them are just like silver dice. <laughs> Good. It means you're in time or in in line with your theme. Um, my Reaper's Bounty dice, because um, I think I got I got them when they were still part of, part of like a random dice pack. Um, mine are black and uh, like kind of a brassy gold, which pairs so well with my Cthulhu's gold dice that I don't feel weird mixing them up. Like they they all visually feel cohesive, and I love that. Oh, that's nice. Well, and if you look at the Cthulhu's Lair dice tray, which I also have. It is a purple color. Ooh, but have you seen the Evertray dice tray with swappable battle pads and the battle I pads have. for the Evertray? Because whew, it's some good stuff, especially the man. Imagine having that skull and crossbones uh, battle pad for the Evertray. That would go so mm-hmm. well with these Reapers bounty. All right, let's keep playing. Um, it was a good commercial, guys. Great commercial. Ten out of ten. <laughs> It's funny because like we always do these like super tongue in cheek, but we also all genuinely yeah, love and use great these dice. <laughs> like, we 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 do the joke because like you know yay capitalism or whatever. But uh, ugh, great quality ugh. product, five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic Chessex die. No shade to Chessex. It's the the dice of the worker. Uh, hey, listen, they've been doing the Lord's work for a long time, but 
it's it's time when you're in a place where you're ready to elevate your roles indulge yourself and and and, and to get crit fails like a boss <laughs> you want to do it with heavy <laughs> heavy metal dice because like i'm not rolling any better with my dark silver forged dice oh, but I, I feel better about them i am rolling way better with my oh dark are you forged dice yeah That's like nice. it's 20s every other every other roll. Uh, yep. I just have to They're lie. They're literally weighted. For yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to scratch that from the commercial. I cannot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>